to strap in and get ready. The leaders in NRL Supercoach are incoming. Bringing you the ultimate insight to help you win your leagues and climb up the rankings. You're now listening to the Insight NRL Show with your hosts, Brain, Matrix, and Whisperer. If only you could see what's going on in the background when that intro runs. Uh, welcome back to the Insight NRL show. It's episode four of the preseason. We're halfway through the team previews. We've got another four coming your way today. I'm your host, the SC Brain, and as always, the SC Matrix and the SC Whisperer are with me, boys. Uh, how are we, Maddie? How are you going, mate? Mate, I went for a 10K run on the weekend. It was it was elite. You know what? I couldn't sleep. It was 3 o'clock in the morning. Anyway, and it hit 5 o'clock in the morning. I was working at 8, and I just thought, hey. Well, um, yeah, good internet connection. Anyway, uh, Josh, how are you, mate? Uh, I didn't go on a 10K run. I went on 10Ks worth of trades. Uh, team picker is very much in full force. But apart from that, mate, uh, another week in the books. Good to go. Yeah, yeah, should be good. Um. We've got a fair bit to get through, so we'll crack on. But uh, guys, the show's brought to you by the Standard Squeeze, Bonus Bank, and Ryan from Astute Newstead. Uh, remember to hit like, hit subscribe, and uh, uh, you know, of course, if you want to get involved in the conversation, what's happening in the back at Insight Fantasy Sports, you can jump in the Discord as well. So all those links for the sponsors and also the Discord invitation are in the description below. We're going to wait for Maddie. Oh, he's going to come back eventually, so we're going to push on. He'll be all right. His internet connection will sort itself out. On today's show, guys, we're going to go through the preview for the next four teams on the schedule. Josh, you can be Matrix for now. Um, we've got the Knights, the Warriors, the Cowboys, and the Eels on the slate. Uh, plenty to talk about in this one, Josh. Yeah, uh, plenty of teams full of guns, plenty of teams full of you know very viable Supercoach options, and a couple of teams that will have some bounce-back factor or some players that we may be holding on to emotionally with too much, uh, you know, Heart, heartstrings, so we'll uh, we'll dissect that. There's a bit of news that's happened over the week as well, but uh, apart from that, uh, yeah, really, really keen to to dissect a few of these players. Yeah, there's a there's a fair bit going on, isn't there? So, um, mate, but there is a bit of latest news, so we'll rip into that first of all. It's time for some news from around the league. Couldn't help myself; had to do it. You are not uh, getting paid enough for these uh, for these stingers, my friend. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, guys, Jesse Arthurs, he went down a training recently. What looked like an ankle injury. I think initially it scared the shit out of me. I took him out of my team straight away. But all reports are that he should be ready to go for the season, Josh, apparently. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things where he is, he's going to be tracking well for round one. Uh, your favorite you know, things to say. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's good. An outside back, I'm not too stressed about it. If we see him line up at center, uh, sorry, line up on the wing for round one or even trials, I'm still going to pick him. It's not like a middle <sighs> forward who maybe, uh, you know, hindered with a, with a hamstring injury. Good of you to join us again, Matty. Thanks for coming back, mate. You're welcome. The brother-in-law must have been overloading the um, overloading the internet on porn, so I'm back. So, um... <laughs> Shout out to Josh as well. Um, yeah. Guys, Payne Haas, also minor hamstring injury. Nothing, nothing serious. It seems like he's okay, but he's sitting out of training, but all reports are he's all good to go. So we can move through that one. But Ronald Volkman. Bit of uh, you know, a bit of back and forth going with this one, hasn't there? It, I don't know who to feel sorry for, uh, or I don't know who's at fault in this situation, Matty. Um, you know, is it St George's fault? Is it Falkman's agent? Um, is it the Warriors? Well, how do we take this? Well, there wasn't a lot of transparency by the sounds of it from anyone. 
Um, like you wonder whether Warriors maybe weren't interested in him because of how injured he was. You wonder whether, you know, Volkman's agent didn't disclose an injury because he wanted to get signed. Um, it sounded like St. George obviously didn't know of the issue. And, um, yeah, it's not just 10 in the bin. Um, yeah, he's been sent packing. Which is a shame, isn't it, Josh? I mean, how, how do you see this situation? Yeah, it's it's a weird one. I put a poll up on my ex slash Twitter the other day, who was at fault, and everyone seemed to have the blame p- p- placed on everyone. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, not in, I'm not in the inside, but it feels like Volkman want, wanted an out, and if the Warriors knew what was happening, they're going to be like, sure, buddy, go. But the Dragons obviously should have done their due, due diligence and and you know did, did a medical... I think the same thing happened with uh, CSC with Takiyaho at the at the uh, Bulldogs a couple of you know months ago. The, they were keen, then he failed the medical. So I think everyone's at fault, unfortunately, for for Volkman. It is. It's a shame. Hopefully, he comes back better than ever. I think he's got to go for shoulder surgery now, which which probably rules him out for. I think from what I saw on NRL Physio, it rules him out for six to nine months with with the surgery that he needs. So all the best for him. Um, the left edge second row position, guys, is up for grabs. Sean Bloor training training the house down. Uh, but Joe Chan and obviously Jack Howarth are in the conversation as well. So uh, Sean Bloor, you know, we're, we're Tigers fans, Josh. How do you see this one? I've seen you put a tweet up saying it could be jo- Sean Bloor season. Could be Sean Bloor season. But I think I said uh, a week ago that um, I'm not holding my breath because we want to see him on the park. But you expect it's a shootout between him and Trent Liero. Um, some people are saying that Liero should hold the spot, but he didn't do anything to impress us last year. So could definitely be Sean Bloor season, but you do have that concern in the back of your mind about the fitness and him staying on the park. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, definitely a wait and see. We're so, we've got a couple of months to have a look, so plenty of time. Um, this last one's pretty interesting, uh, Maddie. That There's a change in the NRL rules in 2024. It's the first rule change, and I'm not a fan. Uh it's no longer going to be a penalty when kickoffs go out on the full or don't go 10 metres. Same with dropouts. Uh, instead, it's going to be to play the ball 10 metres in from touch and 10 metres from where the kick was taken. How do you feel about that, first of all? And um, uh, there's going to be some loopholes, surely. Well, why the fuck wouldn't you do it now? Like, obviously, the NRL like it. Um, they like that there's a bit more attack there. Um, look, you're going to have a crack. It's in six tackles, it's probably just as easy to score from, you know, 30 or 40, 40 out as it is 10 out. I think that, honestly, I expect from the start of the season that 90% of dropouts will be short. There you go. Do you agree, Josh? Yeah, I think so. It's also far greater for Supercoach as well because we no longer have the automatic penalty taken right in front. We've now got a scrum where set plays will be happening. So for a Supercoach standpoint, you know, fantastic. For the NRL standpoint, it's just going to be like, a bit of a crapshoot, you know, rugby dropouts with the lifting and, and uh, the contested balls and stuff in that sense. But uh, for Supercoach, it's great. Yeah. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but teams are surely just going to boot the ball out on the full on purpose if they want to, you know, back their defensive line off a kickoff uh, from a set start as well. You know, like Josh just mentioned, it's it, you don't get that set up from a scrum, which is obviously advantageous. So, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of it. I don't know what the logic was. I'd love to know. I'd love to know what the logic was behind making that change. 
But um, boys, well, let's jump into the first team. Hey, we'll talk about the Newcastle Knights to get things started. Um, they've got a decent draw to start. Um, so, you know, they've got a couple of tough matchups in Melbourne and New Zealand in round three and four. But aside from that, they've got some pretty juicy matchups. They've got the Raiders and the Cowboys to kick off the season. Um, and then they've got a nice little run of Dragons, Roosters, Bulldogs, Dolphins in the middle there. So, uh, you know, pretty handy little start, Matty. Uh, we've got a fair few to talk about here, but why don't you kick us through the buyers and the new arrivals? Yeah, did you know I used to be a Knights fan when I was a kid? Um, got a little signed Andrew John's jersey. Yeah, just uh, wandered down at the first game at Suncorp, met Tamana Tahu, Michael Hagen, and Andrew Johns. Um, but yeah, no, used used to love them. So um, yeah, look, the buys are in round 12, 16, and 21. Um, the new arrivals, there's plenty of them. There's uh, Jed Cartwright, Jack Cogger, uh, Tom Jenkins, uh, Kai Pierce-Paul from Wigan, and Will Price from Huddersfield. And the outs are New Brown, Adam Clune, um, they're or and Lachlan Fitzgibbon, they're all going overseas. Um, actually, so is Lockie Miller. Um, Bailey Hodgson to the Eagles, Oren Keeley to the Dolphins, Kurt Mann to the Doggies, uh, Simi Sasaga to the Raiders, and of course, Dom Young to the Roosters. And Josh, there's two really one, there's ones that stand out in the outs here for me. Lachlan Fitzgibbon and, and Dom Young are going to open up some spots here in this team, right? There's a couple of positions up to grabs. Yeah, that left edge swinging off KP is going to be unreal. We know how good Fitzgibbon was, you know, what was it, two or three years ago? He was just hitting holes for fun. I think they've got a brilliant line runner uh, coming over as well, so we'll see if he gets the, the spot. But obviously, Dom Young, you expect Tom Jenkins to fill the slot. He did a very serviceable job for Penrith when he was required, so I expect that one sewn up, but that left edge spot, we'll, uh, we'll have a chat about it today, but I think it's going to be between two blokes. Yep. Yep. We'll talk about that soon. Injuries. Christian Mapapalungi uh, has a shoulder injury, but he'll be good for preseason from all reports. Uh, and uh, your boy, Kai Pierce-Paul, who I know you've got a bit of a man crush on. Um, he's got a he's got a toe injury at the moment. The, the only word that I can find here is selection available in the early rounds. So he might not be ready for round one, but he should be ready come, what, like round four or five? Is that what we've heard, Josh? Yeah, some mixed reports. He had surgery in November. Um and the Knights weren't happy with the surgery, but there's been some mixed reports. There was some there was some floating around this week that uh, he's tracking well, your favorite term for round one. Um, but yeah, all the talk has been early rounds, which I do worry for from a super coach point, because if you have the other option has, has started well, um, you expect Kai Paul's Pierce Paul to just come off the bench for you know 30 minutes or so and ease into it, which could be good for super coach if he eventually does get the spot. But um, you've seen that you've seen the pick of the Knights boys in the gym. He's looking, he's looking pretty, pretty juiced to the gills, isn't he? He's looking big. He's looking big. Um, so much so that I think he might have kicked off the little thirst trap thread that we've got going on in the in the Discord server, where everyone's just throwing in all of these preseason hype players with their shirts off. So hey, I'm all for that. Got to appreciate it, right, Matty? Yeah, yeah. I just need more Val Holmes. <laughs> well, well, I'm sure we'll see some of that. Hopefully, not at the casino. Uh, we've got, sus- we've got no suspensions, so we can move through them, but let's, let's talk about the cheapies because there's oh, two, if not three that I, I wouldn't mind talking about. The first one's a bit of an obvious one. And I feel like he's going to be really popular. Jaden Braley, 330 K hooker should probably what ease into the season. I mean, look, he's got Phoenix Crossland behind him, which creates a few question marks in terms of Braley's minutes this season. Um, but the last full season that he had in 2021, he played 22 games and averaged 59.2. 
the the concern for Braley is that there's potential that maybe the injuries are going to start to creep up on him. Maybe his body's going to start to let him down. Uh, he's only played 15 games across three seasons. So aside from the full season that he played in 21, from 2020, 22, and 23, he's played 15 games total over those three years. So it it is it's not as much of a lock of a pick, Matty, as as people would maybe think. No, probably not. I think the the pedigree and the name gets thrown out there, so I think he's an easy add. But I think as you delve further into it, that maybe it's not that much of a hit out of the park. Not yet. I'm happy to be proven wrong. I'd love to see a Jaden Braley resurgence. And I think at his price, he's an option for sure. Um, Josh, are you starting with Braley or is there anybody else maybe that might tickle your fancy that's better value? I mean, it's no secret in my love affair for Danny Levi if he gets to start at 100k cheaper. But the only problem I find with Braley is the fact that Crosland didn't stink. Like, Crosland was good. And Braley's had the same injury two years in a row now. So does Adam uh, O'Brien just sort of ease him in? He's underpriced, obviously. But the question is by how much. The only issue is most people are going to be running the Grant-Braley combination. Are you happy to rely on a 45, 50-minute Braley who doesn't have a great PPM um, in round four? That's the, the only downside. I think uh, Supercoach Guns and I were having this chat privately. He has to play like 65 minutes to score 55 points based off, or sorry, 50, 65 minutes to score 50 based off his career PPM, which I don't know about you boys, but I think 65 minutes is a bit of a stretch based off two For major sure. injuries and the fact Crosland has so much value off the bench. Completely agree with that. Yeah, there's concerns there for me, and uh, you hit the nail on the head. Um, mate, I might leave this next one with you because Kai Pierce paul is your boy. You've done a little bit more research on him than, than we have, and obviously he's come across from, from England from the Super League. 345K 2RF. Go on, sell him to me. Oh, he's just he's – he's an absolute unit. He's still very young, very raw. He loves a tackle bump. Um, rem- reminds me a little bit of TPJ, not so much in the offload sense, but just loves to run with the bumpers up, which is great for Supercoach because you'll get that tackle bump. Um, can run a good line as well. Very young, very raw. England international at, I think, 21. Yeah, there's a lot to like about him. Uh, 345K, you want to see him line up in trial two. I'm not confident to pick him even if he does name is named in round one. I want to see just the minutes under his legs in, in trials week two. But, you know, 345K, if he does start, just chuck him in the mix with another, you know, with, with the 55 names that we have that are already there. And um, if you do love to to use photos as your metric, then source out the photo of him, Bradman Best, Adam Elliott, and I can't remember who the the middle person was, but they are all looking shredded. And Piers Paul uh, does does it for me. And he's got about half a foot on everybody else in that photo as well. He's, he's a, a he's a tall he's boy. Kid. He is. Um, I mean, look, that's a watch. That's a wait and see, I guess. Um, and that left edge is is there for the taking for a few players. And, and the next guy, I mean, he's in the conversation. I don't know whether he gets it, but Jed Cartwright, 238K, center wing 2RF duel. Nice duel to have. I mean, if he finds himself on the left edge in round one, fuck me, he's straight in my team. Matty, what are your thoughts? Any luck there? Yeah, and I think that there's a chance that he is week one. My concern is he's not still there week five or six. Um, I think at this point in Jed Cartwright's career, we know what we get. And it's serviceable. It's great if there's a if there's an injury. Um, and look, maybe if he's named there week one, I do end up adding him and, you know, make a make a hundred K in, you know, six weeks. But I just think with some of the talent that these guys have added, um, yeah, I just can't see him being there week six, week seven at the end of the year. 
I there's another guy. Well, I, I won't talk about him now, but there's another guy that is probably the front runner for me to to take that left edge spot. Um, we'll talk about him soon. Let's talk about the fallers. Um, this one's a bit of a no brainer. I think we can probably push on because there's there's not many people getting adding in Phoenix Crossland to start the season. Four hundred and seventy k five eight hooker jewel. No one gives a shit about his jewel because they're not picking him. Uh, 470k is about 200k overpriced for the role that he probably has, unless Braley goes down injured again for the fourth time in five seasons or whatever. Um, don't get me wrong, he was great last year and he played a really good role. I think you said he was really serviceable in a in an earlier pod when we mentioned him, Matty. But way overpriced um, to start the season. So I'm I'm not gonna even throw to you guys because I'm I'm pretty sure we're on the same page with this one. But the next one, I have Tom Jenkins as a bit of a faller. Um, uh, Josh, you're nodding your head. Do you agree that he takes a step back? Yeah, I mean he's priced at 600k. Um, the Knights were great in attack, and and he you know was a beneficiary of that. But it's just hard to back someone so young, um, or so young into the NRL career just to to recapture that form. And it's a big you know hole that he's going to have to take up with it when it comes to replacing Dom Young, who is a much different profile of footy player. So it'll be interesting to see how he works. But uh, you couldn't pay me 602k. You couldn't give me an extra 602k in my team budget to pick him. So. Um, I'm going to let this one go through to the keeper. Yeah, the 600k mark is just crazy for. And and don't get me wrong, like if he was if he was on the left wing, maybe I'd look at it um, because we know how biased KP is to going right to left. Uh, Greg Marge is always in the game down there on that left edge. So, but right wing seems to get a little neglected. We've got to remember Dom Young is a serious talent, so him leaving does open up the spot. But maybe it means they go right less often. Um, do you agree, Matty, on on Tom Jenkins? Yeah, I think again, serviceable is the term I would use. Um, it's he definitely isn't as exciting as a Dom Young, um, but I think it's really good for you know your Majus and your bests and in unders and overs. I'm going to ask you fellas about the guys on the left edge. Like it, like it. Let's move on to the value guys. Then ten points of improvement is the a bit of a guide on on where we're thinking with this. And I've got two guys, and this guy could potentially get that left edge gig to start the season. I know that you're pretty high on him, Josh, as well. Dylan Lucas, five hundred and two k, two RF center wing jewel again, really nice spicy jewel. He played five games that were more than seventy four minutes last year, and he averaged sixty two point four. He was also the rookie of the year for Newcastle last year. Obviously, very highly touted out of Newcastle. Uh, Dylan Lucas, Josh, uh, I mean, I, I actually don't, th- I think he might slide under the radar potentially. I, I reckon he might be a little bit less popular because it's got a five at the start of his price. What do you think? Yeah, uh, totally agreeing. I, I also think if he, if he was um, 2RF only, we wouldn't be having this discussion, but we know how much True. consistency is great in, two, in the 2RF spot. Played six games last year. One of them was for like 10 minutes, which is why his average is much underpriced. Uh, but in the five starts that he had, 12 tackle breaks, two line breaks, two tries. So that's in five starts. Really impressive. Um, average 62.4 in the five starts that he had. Um, you know, we do have Pierce Paul under that injury cloud. You've got Jed Cartwright. You've got Brody Jones. Both those boys are the, sort of the same player. Jones can rotate through the middle a little bit. And Jed Cartwright's serviceable. But yeah, I think with the fact that he does have that five in front of his name, you're right. It's that tax of like 500K. But I'm really, really big on him if he does get the start. I think think I'll probably be starting with one Newcastle left edge. It'll just be him or Pierce Paul. We'd love for it to be Kai because he's 150k cheaper. Um, but Lucas is priced at, what, 51? And he's averaged 62.4 in those five starts as well. So, um, yeah, really keen. Running off KP, Bradman Best, uh, you know, Greg Marzu. Like, it's a it's a great left edge. Um, 
yeah, big love interests, but also the other man on the best on the best value list also is another uh, love interest of years gone past for mine. I didn't write these notes, so uh, let's chat, Adam Hilliard. I, and Maddie's on the same page. I think we all have a love interest in Adam Elliott. You know, we, we think back Ooh. to Canberra Raiders, Adam Elliott, when he went on that run at lock Ooh. and he just played stupid. He played 80 minutes at lock and just ran amok. Matty, um, last year, he, he was priced at a 50. And, you know, tell me he can't exceed that by 10 plus. Oh, he can. Um, and, like, you know what? They're not going to have to worry about Kurt Mann taking any minutes or anything any anymore. He was injured also last year. I brought him in at the end of last year having a bit of a punt, um, trying to move forward. Um, but, yeah, look, he could be a guy that I add. I think that there's definitely 10 points of improvement in there. I would not be surprised to see him average 60. There's not a world where he ever averages 70, I don't think. Um, he's just a, a workhorse. Um, like won't get those attacking stats or or anything like that very often. Um, but yeah, just really like him as somebody that you can get and not have to worry about trading him out for a long time. Him and him and Cam McInnes seem to be the same kind of player, don't they? They just get the hard yards done, they get the work done. Their base is awesome, but minimal attack. Um, but that you know what you're going to get with him every single week, don't you? Um, and he yeah. finished red hot to finish the year too, five round average to finish the season of sixty two point eight. And that was including a 37 that he only got in 44 minutes there in one of those games. So, you know, he's he's a pretty solid pick. Um, I, I just think that there's probably better options. But if you want to take a punt on somebody who's going to get the work done up the middle and someone who's reliable, Adam Elliott's your man, I think. Um, we've got a couple of questions from the Discord. Josh, I'll throw this one at you first. Uh, is Braley a good... So we've got O-Star in the, in the Discord. Is Braley a good option as bench hooker, even with Crossland on the bench? Are there any concerns for you with Crossland floating around? Yeah. Yeah, I think if you're going to start with Braley, like you can't go wrong with starting with Braley. Like he might not make you mozza cash to start with, but as we have discussed, he'll he will turn into a very serviceable, um, you know, 16th, 17th man in your rotation. My just my big dilemma with Jaden Braley is not even his fault. It's Harry Grant because I don't think Jaden Braley is going to be ready for round four to be a, a guy that you're happy to play. Like, are you going to be surprised if you put the reserve or you start Jaden Braley and he gets a 35 in round four? Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so I think have a contingency plan for Harry Grant, but apart from that, like he is underpriced. Like I'm not going to sit here and try and give some kind of shock jock, um, you know, hot take to be like, oh, don't start with him. Like he, he's underpriced, of course. Um, but we need the minutes. I'm, I'm just worried about the minutes in the first say six weeks of the season. Yeah, yeah, and that's a good point you bring up. We haven't really mentioned that yet, but obviously, you know, for everybody picking Harry Grant to start the season, and when he's on the bye, you've got to rely on your bench hooker. So if you're if you're comfortable doing that with Braley, you think you'll get your fifty plus, then great. But like we said earlier, there's a risk he doesn't. Um, Matty, I'll throw this one at you from Brent. Is Ponga a must start? Now, we, we haven't spoken about Kalen Ponga aside from the fact that he loves going left and he, he loves tearing up edge defenses. Do you have to have him in your team? Yeah, I think we do. And this, appreciate Brent, this starts the first question of overs and unders. And the overs and unders is Kalen Ponga 84.5 for the whole season. I've got my house. I've got, overs. I've got my house on the overs considering average. I think it was 107 points when he got the goal kicking back. So I don't expect yep. him to average 107, but uh, yeah, like his averages, like, is it bold to say Callum Ponga is underpriced at like 800 K or whatever he is considering what he did at fullback? I was thinking that's, that's what I wanted to hear. Um, does he get, does he keep the goal kicking or does Jackson Hastings take it back? I think he, he did a it. decent job. 
We're not we're not having this debate, are we? Like, come on, this isn't a chat, surely. Yes, KP keeps <laughs> well, you reckon he... Of course he does. Fuck it. I fucking hope so, because there's every chance that Jackson Hastings turns up week Mate, one and my gets the tee out and I'm going to lose can my you, mind. Can you imagine, like, Callum kicks all through, like, week two or whatever, and but then, like, the last training before the week, he picks up, like, a small hamstring strain, and then they just don't kick. It's like when it's like when uh, Crichton started kicking just randomly last year for Cleary. Yeah. Like, if you pay 850k for, for Ponga, and they score a try in, like, the 50 minute, and you just see Hastings at the tee, your heart would just shatter in two pieces. Yeah, it would not be fun. It would not be fun, but... I like it. I like it. We're both on the overs for Ponga. Probably a must start from Matrix. So uh, let's let's move on, guys. Before we do, the standard squeeze sponsor the show and uh, helping you drink responsibly and conveniently as much as Matrix tries to go against that. Uh, they measure You measure the perfect pour every single time and you can go to the website, thestandardsqueeze.com. Use the code INSIGHT15 and get yourself 15% off everything in store. And I tell you what, that is incredibly fitting that Matty had to go and get another beer in that little sponsor ad break. So uh, he's back. He was Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, about five minutes ago, crushing cans in front of the camera for everybody watching us on YouTube. So you can enjoy that in the watch back. Um, the Warriors, the Waz, are the next uh, team on the slate. Josh, um, take us through the buyers. Who's in and out, mate? Buyers around 13, 19, 27. It's not great for Supercoach. They do miss uh, two of the three buy rounds, which is an ideal. Uh, but all their international guys will, you know, they have no problem in backing up in the in the smaller weeks. Uh, they have Kirk Catewell arriving from the Brisbane Broncos. Shanil Harris-Tavita returning from the Shadow Realm. Uh, and Roger Tuovasashek has returned from the Blues in rugby. Uh, the outs, Josh Curran off to the Dogs. Bailey Siren off to the Cadland Dragons. Uh, Warriors cult hero, Viliami Bailia and Supercoach legend is off to the Cowboys. Ronald Volkman is released, kind of, not really, I, I don't know. Uh, and Braden Williami is retired. So, um, yeah, a couple really? of interesting ones there. Uh, I like the Yu-Gi-Oh reference has made it in. It only took us four episodes <laughs> to get a childhood cartoon into the show. So that's that's great. Um, and Viliami Valia, I'm sure, is going to get a mention because he's one of Mat- Matrix's heartthrobs uh, over at the Cowboys. So we can leave him for a little bit later. Uh, what are the injuries? What we got? Sifakula. <laughs> tracking well. I love that. That's good. That's my favourite. Uh, I reckon this is going to carry into the honestly, season. He's doing good, bro. That's all I could find. That's all I could find. It was just, it was just he's progressing well. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. that's a bit of a yeah. cop out. Yeah, that's that's great. That gives us no info. But, um, mate, let, let's move into Chiefies, hey? Uh, you know, we're good. You've got a few here. Um, you've got Mr. Shadow Realm himself. I'd, I'd love to hear the argument on him. I mean, I know he's 240K. And we've known what he does in the past, in past seasons. He's a quality football player, but he's had a bit of time off. Does that concern you at all, Matty? I mean, he's well rested. <laughs> does, is that a good thing? How much rest I do you think I, is optimal? Look, I think we're going to really need, and I think with the, I think with the way that he ended last time, I think we're going to need injuries to a few blokes before we see Harris Tavita out there. They're obviously high on him, and you don't just let people walk out and then come back unless you're extremely high on him. But I think like somebody like a Tamari Martin or somebody like that, if they're healthy, uh, we'll get a run in first grade before um, CHT. Yeah. Yeah. Fair call on that. How about the other two, Josh? Yeah, Tom Alley. Uh, he was a guy that I was sort of really keen on just in general before the prices are open. I just thought, you know, you take that next step. Um, reminds me like a, a similar Davey Mowali profile, like a young middle forward that we just hope to take that, you know, next step. He's 290K. Probably will get a bench spot. Uh, who knows where AFB's head's at. You know, halfway out the door, halfway down to the to the Shire. Um, Bunty Afoa is getting no younger. You know, Jazz Tavanga is, you know, 
one tackle away from six weeks on the sideline. So Tom Alley is, again, definitely a guy you're going to be thereabouts. Uh, hot take, Tom Alley probably can produce the same as Spencer Lanier, who is going to be 30 to 40% higher ownership than than him. Uh, and Aoi Liatua um, at 238K, this is more... This is more effective. Me just seeing every Warriors fan being like, "This kid is a stud," and I'm like, "Cool, all right. Well, he can be in the black book as well." So, not much to say. It's just more Twitter talk about how good this kid is. Hey, and this could be an option back end of the season. Maybe we see an injury or two, and he finds his way into the team, and he could be the perfect downgrade, cheapy option to free up some cash to get to a primo. So, I love it. Uh, how about the fallers though? We've got five points of progression for. I don't know how people are going to feel about this first one. I'm trying not to be negative on the Warriors. I just struggle to buy into, you know, the hype. Second year season second season syndrome is always a big thing. But yeah, I put on Twitter the other day, Reed Money, after Coruscant, Blake Braley, uh Ruben Co- uh Reese Robson, all these guys are gonna average more than Wade Egan. 576k. Scored six tries in 2023, which was a massive outlier. His PPM was also skyrocketed. Um nine tries in the past three years and he scored six in last year. So Shows you that, um, you know, he had a lot of attacking output. And people are going to say, but the Warriors, man, it's it's the new coaching regime. And I can get behind that. I need to see it another year before I pay 576K for a bloke who has scored 40 points pretty much his entire career, apart from last year. Yeah. Uh, I remember on the show last year, Matty, we were we were sitting here and we had a lot of Wade Egan questions. People are going, oh, Wade Egan's been great. Should I get Wade Egan in? And, uh, you know, Sonny Luke and all these guys. And, and we're like, no, get, definitely get Sonny Luke. He's much cheaper. And, and he's got a nice role. He should probably play 50 minutes. You know, Tom Sankster said he should. Um, and, and then Wade Egan went and scored another three tries in like three weeks or something and just made us look like dickheads. Peak, peak Do you want my hot like, take? Hit me. Do you want my hot take? Wade Egan is a poor man's Lachlan Croker. <laughs> oh, okay. He's just Lachlan Croker with an accent. Base. I was going to say, I'd love, to, I'd love, to, I'd love to check the dis, where the dislikes came from for this video, and I guarantee they're all all New Zealands. Um, I don't know. It's hey, just peak supercoach last peak supercoach last year was like Wade Egan scored five tries in five weeks, and everyone's like, "Fuck yeah, let's buy him!" And then like got a HIA like within fifteen minutes of the weekend and bought him. So yeah. Tough, yeah. tough love. I don't look. I think Wade Egan is going to get us a lot of hate. Also, the next selection might get us some even more hate. And that's Adenfinor Blake, seven hundred and forty k. Boys, he scored nine tries last year. One, three, five, three were the years beforehand. So you know what's that? Uh, Eleven tries in the previous five years, and he scored nine. Like the season gone. I don't know. Like it. It's just yeah. like I can't back a front row forward to score nine tries again. Yeah, uh, and we, we were saying this again last year as well. He, he had that really nice link up with Torhu Harris. Uh, it was like Torhu Harris would take the ball at first receiver and then just throw that short ball to AFB and no one was stopping him close to the line. So it's going to be very interesting to see whether Torhu Harris can get through a season unscathed again or whether he's going to be injured because their link up was a, a big factor, I think, to AFB's success last year. Um, but yeah, no way. No way am I looking at AFB. When you've got guys like Tino and, and you've got Payne Haas, you may as well pay the same, if not a little bit more for Tino, but around the same price for Payne Haas every day of the week. So um, what about SJ? You've got SJ here, Josh, as a, as a five-point regressor. And, I mean, it makes sense at 800K, the blockbuster season, the resurgence of Sean Johnson last year, but he can't back it up, you think? 
It can go one or two ways. You can average more because RTS is there for you know another strike factor, but he can also just average less. So he, the last time he averaged seventy points. So last year he averaged like eighty something. Last year, the last time he averaged seventy. So this is ten points less. Was now six years ago. Uh, a long time. I just can't trust Lightning to strike twice. I understand yeah. the, the the love for him. Last year he was four hundred and fifty k. You know we're paying nearly double that this year, and I would just rather go with Nico or Cleary, who would just have done it for consistently. Yeah. And I mean, I it's think... not like the sorry, Maddie. It's not like the schedule yeah. dra- like drags you towards picking SJ to start yeah. the season. They've got a it's pretty hard run to start the season. Like Asako is 800k, but you know we we discussed with the Dolphins, their draw is just so good that you can be like, cool, it's a six week punt. Whereas the Warriors, it's just like nothing exciting about that draw. Uh, Matrix, what were you going to add? I think if you're going to go Adam Fanua Blake or Sean Johnson, um, either you have a really strong accent brew or you're trying to outthink the room. Like there's no reason not to pick Tino or Payne Haas over Fanua Blake. There's absolutely no reason not to. If you're spending 800K, you're just going to spend it on Nico or even Cleary. Um, yeah, I just think like at some of the earlier prices they were last year, yeah, they were really good gets last year. But this year you need to wait for them to go into a bit of a slump and hope they resurge or they're just draft players. And that's all these guys are going to be. I feel like uh, where, where, you know, back in the day when it was the Robbie Farrah, Cameron Smith hooker show and, and you just needed them to and you didn't need to worry about any other hooker, they were irrelevant. I feel like that's where we're at now. We're in that era of the Nico Hines and Nathan Cleary halfback show. And for the next 10 years, you just lock and load those, one of those guys or maybe both of them for the rest of the season. And it makes guys like SJ, DCE, afterthoughts, Josh. How much do you think AFB is going to average? Because I want to put something to you. 67. Cool. I think Max King could average 62. He's 200K cheaper. Five points. Yeah. There you go. And that's the big fallers versus the, you know, big gainers, I guess, or the... the best value options because you pick up a guy that's going to be within five points, but he saves you up two or 300 K to be able to go up to someone else. Like that's a, that's a massive play that could get you a fair way ahead to start the season too. He, he is the third best front row forward option. Like I'll, I'll happily admit that, but yeah. the distance between him and two is night and day. It's huge. Yeah. 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 I'm with you on that. Um, Maddie, these last two, we, we kind of toyed with them. One of them was a staple in your team last year. Another was a, a very good pod pick from a few people at the back end of the season that took off. Uh, we've got DWZ, 719K, center wing only. And then we've got Charles Nickel Klukstad at 682K, fullback only. Doesn't have the jewel anymore this season. Both tip to be regressors somewhat. Do you agree? Look, CNK will forever be my 2023 heartthrob. Um, but look, we've had to break up this year. Um, I'm going to find somebody else that I get at 400k and take me to the promised land of like 9,000. Um, but, <laughs> but, but Dallin with Tenny like, I just don't see the upside. Like, you know, in a perfect scenario, he meets his average. Surely at the start of the year, everybody else is going to be looking for somebody that's going to do what Dallin can do, but for 600k, for 500k. And- um, and I love Dallin. He's great. They were both great. But yeah, not and, this year. And agree. That that right wing was humming with CNK and, and SJ, you know. Uh, but I think with Dallin, we're 10 years Sometimes it may be good. Sometimes it may be shit. 
And the, the reality, unfortunately, is that he can be rocks or diamonds, and that's pretty much all he's going to get you. He'll get you a 9 or he'll get you a 90 or 140. Um, there, there's no in-between minimal base. Uh, he's, he's tough to go with. Josh, you wrote both of these down. We, we obviously solely agree with you. Anything else to add? Yeah, I just want to make an interesting point on DWZ. Um, had a 30-point upside last year. So to his 2022 to 2023 average was 30 points. And we've only seen this jump from wingers and it not be a trap on one occasion that I can think of, which is Ruben Garrick. Now, Garrick has a lot to go for him. He has probably the game's best fullback. I, I will still say that, the game's best fullback, um, feeding him the ball and also goal-kicking in a very potent attacking side. Um, and also playing a lot of fullback as well. Like Garrick, Garrick's scores are always inflated because Turbo goes down. Um, as for chance, I don't think it's a huge drop. Like we're not saying that he's going to go back and average forty, but I just think RTS playing that sort of Manu role just sees CNK yeah. getting sort of fewer touches. We're not saying he's going to average yet yeah, thirty-five, but um, you know maybe like mid fifties, which is still like a huge price drop. But it's not like the end of the world for him. We're not saying he's going to turn to to dust, but uh, just from super coaches, cheaper options. We don't love Jaden Campbell, but I think they can average similar for one hundred fifty k less, and you know. We can see what Pappenhausen does on his best day, who's the same price. That's a really good point. What I would love to see from CNK is with this little tough run to start the season, their first six rounds are pretty tricky. We see him drop a fair bit of cash. He comes back down into those early 500 mark, and then he's ripe for the picking uh, round seven against St. George and then round eight against the Titans. So um, could be could be a nice little play there. But yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, on the best value, it's been hard to find any, Josh, uh, any big improvers yeah, in this squad. Just just because of how well they went last year, isn't it? Like everyone's, you know, fantastic. Everyone's like performed over expected last year. So now we're sort of sitting here going, well, there's not really any way they can get better. It's only worse and or, or just or just flatten out and just be a better version of the Raiders for a super coach where everyone's just sort of priced of what they are. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, would you say they overachieved in comparison to what we expected of them at the start of the season? They absolutely did, right, Matty? Like, it's it's pretty hard to kind of jump on any of these primos thinking they're going to be able to replicate what they did last year. Yeah, it is. Like, I think that was a massive outlier. They had a fantastic year. I expect them to be in the eight again. Um, and you know what? Maybe they improve and they become a top two team. Um, I'm just still not sure looking at this team whether Roger Tuovasashek and maybe I've got my um, my maroon tinted glasses on, but I still don't think it's enough to be better than the Panthers or the Broncos yet. So, yeah, and I tend to agree. Um, you got some over unders for us, mate. Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I didn't put Roger Tuovasa-Shek in, but Roger Tuovasa-Shek over or under 56.5? Really I, I set this line and I really wasn't, I wasn't sure where to go with this because if CNK goes down early, I'm smashing the overs, but it's at center. It's like, oh, this is a Ruben Garrick situation. It's like, do we get half a season at fullback, half a season in the centers where his average is going to be sort of all over the place. I'm probably going to take the overs, but not by much. I think I'm with Matty. I think I'm going to take unders. Uh, I think there might be an adjustment period back in the game. I know he's obviously going to have a full preseason. That's that's fine. But center is just one of those positions where like, dep- and the, how often did the Warriors use their centers that much last year? I mean, Rocco how Berry. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, how often do the Warriors have Roger Tuovasa-Shek, though? Like, Rocco Berry and him designing the same sentence. So it's just like, it's. Nah. do you tailor your game? Well, this is the thing that Andrew Webster has to really look at. Like, what worked last year was not using your centers. Do we break that and be like, mm. all right, here, 
he you play like basically a second lock just do whatever you want rts and, and we change how we played so very yeah. interesting to watch i think yeah good call good call um Boys, I'll ask this next one because maybe Maddie's a little bit. He's got his maroon tinted glasses on for the for this next one. I think Kurt Capewell coming across to the Warriors, probably playing what left edge, fifty five, over under. Well, we got thumbs that's down what, from Josh. Well, that's what. No, I'm going to go unders. Yeah, I think yeah, what I think he averaged fifty one last year. Um, I can't see it being that big of an improvement. He's only getting older. And when we think about, I mean, Luke Metcalf probably starts five eight if he's if he's fit and healthy. Um, but I mean, the difference between Luke Metcalf and, and Ezra Mam, uh, you know, Mam had a, a absolute cracker of a season and probably unlocked or should have unlocked Capewell to the best of his abilities last year, and still only averaged fifty one. So yeah, I, I tend to agree. Mitchie Barnett though is an interesting one. Um, probably lines up at the in what in the front row to start the season. You think? 60 yeah, is the over-under set. Big ups. Yeah, and, um, and uh, I, just yeah. Think he's, I just think he's not that bad price. Like, he's not best value. He's not 10 points of improvement. But, yeah, I think that he can score over 60 at 600K. He's a guy He's a guy that I'm probably not going to start with. But if you send me your team, I say Mitch Barnett there, I'm not going to be like, well, he has to go. Um, I think he is in a very similar situation to Max King, just like, there's no one else. There's him and AFB, and that's about it. Like, that's just – that's it. And he was really good last year. He made the transition from edge to the middle, and he was really, really good. Mm. Uh, yeah, can't argue with that. I mean, um, he was – I he was, remember, value. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Remember remember uh, goal-kicking Mitch Barnett of the Newcastle Knights? Fuck, what a time. Oh, I'm punching my desk. Um, I, I will never forget. <laughs> I bought – I bought Newcastle season tickets just to go watch him play because he was in my Supercoach team. I'm like, oh, I got nothing else to do when the Knights play. I'll go watch. And I had him and it was just the best. He averaged like 75. He was just the, the tits, man. The streets will never forget goal kicking Mitch Barnett. <laughs> nah, what a man. It's like Andrew, Andrew Johns on a skateboard down the street and Mitch Barnett goal kicking. They're the Newcastle's highlight, to be honest. <laughs> um, can, can, I ask one, can I ask one question here? If, for whatever reason, Tamari Martin starts at 5'8 over Luke Metcalf, you know, full preseason, healthy, 360K, is he somebody that you look at? No. I just, so, because, just you, because you, you can get the same output for 150K less with the cheapies, or you can just pay up for, I don't know, Jaden Campbell, I guess. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't go yeah. there. No, I agree with that. Um, guys, before we move on, let's uh, we're going to talk about the Cowboys next. But before we do, we'll shout out Ryan from Astute Newstead. The show is brought to you by Ryan. And uh, with interest rates booming across the country, I'm, I'm sure you've wondered whether your rates are too high. You've probably wondered as well whether you can afford that next home. So you don't have to wonder anymore. You can contact Ryan, who offers confidential lending assistance. Absolutely no obligations attached. It won't cost you a thing if you mention us when uh, you get in contact with him. It's... Um, What's his Instagram tag? He changed it on me, and it's ruined me two episodes in a row. It screwed me for the BBL as well. Hamos, anyway, Hamos just email mortgage. the bloke. Yeah, it's Hamos, Hamos home mortgage. Is it? Are you sure? Uh, anyway, whatever yeah, it got, is, he's got he's got fantastic Instagram stories. I'll give him the drum. <laughs> Actually, no, that is a good shout. You can also email him Ryan H at eganwealth.com. That's probably more reliable than what we've just gone through his Instagram <laughs> tag. It could be any of about five different things. So anyway, you can hit Ryan up. Uh, 
Cowboys, fellas. Uh, Matty, you did these notes. You did a bit of a deep dive on the Cowboys, and it's fair to say you came out a little bit disappointed. Yeah, little little brother. I think there's a lot of situations where you get what you pay for. There's been not a lot of changes. Um, it's hard to work out what's a good draw for the Cowboys. To be completely honest, I was super high on the Cowboys last year. I think in our previews I had them as a top four finisher, and they were garbage. Um, but, look, they do have a lot of representative players, whether that's good for Supercoach or not. They also have a lot of good players. So, yeah, hopefully injury provide the Cowboys can have a good year. Um, but they start their season with the Dolphins, Newcastle, West Tigers, Broncos, Titans, Para. Um, they have buys in round 16, 19, and 25. Um, they've got Viliami Valia from the Warriors. Uh, they've got Thomas McKayley from the Wolves. He's on their development list. Um, they've lost Tamu, um, Peter Hiku, and Mitch Dunn. Um, nothing I consider massive losses there. Um, Tom Chester um, should be back in the preseason, um, but he's been injured, uh, the backup ball back there. Um, no suspensions, and uh, yeah, we can head into the GP prospects. I before we do, I uh, I saw a picture of Thomas McKayley training the houses down in in the thirst trap thread that we've got on on Discord. Um, so, and it's it's the thought of Thomas McKayley full you know at full fitness. Um, is he ever going to live up to that kind of hype? Um, he would he would be awesome to see if he gets a run. But um, yeah development list at the moment apparently so let's let's move into the cheapies then hey uh you've got uh Vilhami Valia here I'm assuming the caveat to this is that he actually gets that that right center spot yeah I think the only real position that's up for grabs is that right center spot um whether it's Valia um I know Josh said in the um uh before the pod off air um that maybe it's a Robert Derby um, yeah, look, I'm just interested. I think whoever gets that right center spot, there is an opportunity, but I'm not sure it's a massively high upside spot. I think it's really just the only spot that's up for grabs and hasn't really changed with Peter Hicku leaving. And you mentioned uh, lay butts in the conversation as well, Josh, potentially. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Bailey and how that all plays out? I'm not as confident as Matrix is that, that Kyle Felt retains his wing spot. I think... He is very much training for his spot this preseason. He was not impressive last year, and there's no guarantees that he's the first name there. Um, I think I there's think two Valami, spots. I think Valami gets it. I think Valami yeah. and Telagi play on the wing. So, yeah, I, I definitely think left? that... Um, yeah, I well, I think on the left, it's going to be Val and and Murray, Tell and on the right, yeah. it's going to be Sammy Valame, Kyle Feltz, Zach Labert, Viliame Valia, and Robert Derby. Um, and some reports came out earlier this week, late last week, that Todd Payton... Definitely can see Robert Derby in line for a start this season. So he's definitely someone to monitor in your preseason watch list. He is 240K, uh, huge wraps on him as well. I think he played one game last year, averaged 47, perfectly fine. Um, you've got guys like Sammy Valame who are who averaged 66 last year in what nine games, can't go near him, big regressor there. Um, Zach Laybutt averaged 57 in four games. Again, these sample sizes are too small for me to warrant paying up that mid-range price. Um, but yeah, my eyes are definitely f- uh, fixed firm on Robert Darby. I think he is someone that could impress in the trial. And yeah, I think there's two spots up for, for grabs this preseason for the Cowboys. I love it. Where Teamless Tuesday kicks in, we've been pumping these guys' tyres up all preseason. And then Teamless Tuesday rips our hearts out. And uh, you see Kyle Felt named on the right. And then you see someone else that you kind of expect. Um, I mean, Semi Valame, 
surely if he's fit is in the conversation as well. Um, I think so. But yeah, I, I also just I, I, I think I don't know about you boys, but I think McKaylee gets promoted to a top thirty spot. Surely their forwards are lacking. Their, their, forwards are, their forwards are lacking a lot. Yep. Yeah, good shout. I like it. Um, do we want to do fallers and value and then overs unders, Matty, or do you want to change things up a little? <laughs> No, no. Look, I'm in the driver's seat here, champ. Um, let's go. Let's go. The whole team, the whole top thirty. You know what? Let's have a chat about the overs and unders, and then we've already had a chat about the big fallers and the best value, because I think that there's a lot of mid-tier guys that are priced where they should be. Um, so let's just get started. Reese Robson at fifty-eight. What do, What do we think? I want to look at him quickly on my little SC stats website before I make a decision. He had a he's, he's had on a, the Discord looking at pictures of him training. To be honest, he, he had a huge drop off in PPM last year. So let me just quickly read you: 0.9, 0.9, 0.86, 0.86, 0.7. So last year was a big drop off. It was also the most minutes he's played per game. So his minutes have gone 62, 63, 75, 79. So basically it was a lock for 80 minutes last year, but it had a big drop off in PPM. If we can get that back, if we can get that somewhere around that 0.8 at 80 minutes a game, then you know you've there's definitely some 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 value there. I would take the overs. Back a bounce back. I'm taking the overs by like fucking two points max. So oh, I reckon I can, he maybe I'm, just points over the line. Yeah. I'm taking the unders. I think honestly, I think this is where he's priced. I think that he'll be sub. 60 again this year. I owned him all of last year and he's just mid and that's he had what t- he is. He had a 10 point drop off last year though, boys. 2022 average 64, average 55 last year. Weird. Yeah, it's like a middle ground price, isn't it? They've kind of gone, ah, oh, you know, we, we got it wrong last year and the year before, so let's just go right in the middle of what he's done those two years. Matrix kid's not happy with the uh, Reese Robson shout no, it's, it's mine. Oh, it's my kid. It's not, he's very angry tonight. Yeah. That's that's uh, Josh's kid. Um, he just doesn't want to talk about it. Um, let's go drinky um, at 80. Um, look, was fantastic last year. Um, I'm just worried, as somebody that had him the year before, that we will never see this version of drink water again. Wasn't a good preseason for me to take my anti-drink water stance last year, was it, boys? <laughs> Fuck, he was so good. And uh, you couldn't have gone worse for you, really, could it? Not great. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to take the unders. I just it's 80 points is a lot, and if he goes back to back, fuck, fantastic, well done. Um, but I'm probably going to take the unders. Yeah, I, I have to take the unders on this one as well. Just pure 80 is a fucking that's top five player. Real, real so, talk quickly. Is there any chance that Chad just gets dropped and they move Dean to seven, drink to six, Chester to one? Like at some point during the season. Yeah, if last year happens again. Because he's not good. He is not. No, that is right. And not and a big Chad Townsend guy. I never would have known. But um, no, no, I agree. And the, I think maybe the letdown for Drinky is that he's so versatile. He can play a number of different positions. So maybe that will be their fix. Is that they move him out of fullback? Um, yeah. Uh, who knows though? At the moment, we have to base him on what what we've seen last year. Um, and eighty is a massive number. So I'm taking the unders as well. Next one's an interesting one, Matty. Yeah, um, I've actually got him in one of my best values, but he's priced at a 43 average. Now, I'm going Lolo. That is uh, Jason Taumalolo, uh, 30-year-old dual front row, second row forward. Will he average 50 or not? 
it breaks my heart. Because look at his we... look at his five look at his five season average: 78, 72, 55, 58, 45. It's just like a it's look my it's like my stock portfolio, just pure nosediving. And it's it's so sad to see average minutes a game: 64, 61, 59, 55, 49. That's down to PPMs down. Total games per year, you know, only played sixteen games last year. It's it's sad. It sucks. It sucks. The, the concern for me is that we haven't really seen too much change in their forward pack either. So we can naturally maybe assume that there's going to be a lot of the same minutes and same rotation happening there. Um, I mean, you've got Cohen Hess and Ruben Cotter. Hylam Lukey's in the conversation. Jeremiah Nanai is still there. Luciano Leilua, they'll probably line up on the edges. Griffin Neem off the bench probably. Like it, He'll play lock, but he'll play like a prop and he'll play 37 minutes and Todd Payton will just cuck us all. Literally, I was about to say, the last time uh, Jason Tamalo played above... 55 minutes was round five last year. Hasn't played above 55 minutes since round five. I'm going to go overs. I think that if health permits, he could exceed 50. I'm not saying that's a massive outlier. He's only priced at a 43, but I think he could. Yeah. Okay. The, the, the huge stat for me, 2020 percentage of games over 60 points, 88%. So just a lock, a lock for 60 points. 2023, 13%. That's like 75% drop. That's. I'm just looking for some sort of diamond in the rough at front row forward. And I, I just really want it to be JT. I just don't oh, think it, it be, can. Mate. Could, you imagine, think it can. could you imagine like round one, he just looks, you know, unreal plays like 55 minutes. Like that would be the best. Like so much content to talk about, but. It's so sad to see the downfall of Jason Tamalolo. Um, I get it. He's on a long contract. You want to make sure that you get some life out of that. But for Supercoach, just playing for 80 minutes. Uh, and I can guarantee you he will play 55 minutes in the first round and everyone will get him round two and then he'll go back to playing 36 off the bench. <laughs> um, <laughs> what about the last four, mate? You've got, um, uh, I mean, some pretty big names here, some origin players. Uh, how do you think they're going to go? Yeah, so my uh, favorite draft pick, along with Hudson Young every year, is Jeremiah Nanai. Um, Do we think that he could score over 60 uh, this year? Um, I know he's a try-scoring threat every time. I've seen him score uh, a hat-trick in front of me at Suncorp. Um, Breaks my heart. Um, But really enjoy watching him on the the stage there. But do we think that he could have a season over 60? Definitely could finish the season over 60. I I wouldn't back him to... Start over 60. He's, I'll never forget the day that he scored three tries at 80 minute forward and didn't, didn't score 100 points. Yeah. I mean, let's let's look at this, the start of the season last year very quickly. Up until round nine, before he had that injury, uh, he was averaging 46.7. Uh, and this is 80 minutes in most games as well. And then from round 14 through to the end of the season, where he ended up basically having that kind of on and off start, stop, injury, not injury kind of part. Uh, he, I don't know what the average is, but I'll tell you, he went 82, 84, 106, 68, and then finished with a 36 and a 40, but he was averaging 60.6 on the season with two games to go. So he definitely is capable of that. It's just more a matter of how many tries he's going to score. And those three big scores that he got, he scored tries in every single one of them. So if you, if you want to see him get 60 plus, he's going to need to score a try. And how good are the Cowboys actually going to be this year, Josh? That's the question. I made a, a joke, what was it, end of 2022. It may have been untasteful, may not have been. But I, I said, Jeremiah and then I signed the bag. I'd love to see his performance next year. And 
it wasn't great from a footy standpoint. Uh, there were there were flashes, but maybe you know that that uh, that new contract money's dried up and he's he's backfiring because you know Nenai's best is is lethal. Like he's he's probably one of the best attacking edges in the comp, um, up there with probably Fafita and and, and Angus Crichton at his best. So for the Cowboys to be firing, you, you want him there, and it's no surprise. And Hudson Young. It's no surprise Yuck. to see that 2022, the Cowboys were great and he was firing. And then last year, it wasn't so great for the Cowboys. Um, and he was missing for half the year. So I, I do want him to get back to his best. I, I think maybe for the first 10 weeks, we, we might be unders, but he might finish the season at overs. Let's um let's bash through these last three so we can move on. Dearden, Val Holmes, yep. Tal Lungy. You've got lines on all three of them. I want to get your opinion, Matty, on, on these. Dearden at 60. Yep. Above I just oh, uh, unders overs. I just see I just see a lot of people adding him in his team in their teams at five hundred and ninety two K, which is a fifty eight average. Do we really see him averaging above sixty? Like I'm not sure I do. I'm under sixty. I'm yeah, I am gonna say unders only, I, I don't know, only because how often we saw a little stretch of good football from him and then he obviously played Origin. It'd be good for him. Uh, he needs to take that next step, though, for the cows, I think, this year, Josh. I'm, I'm going to take overs. I'm going to take overs. He had 58 in 2022, 58 last year. Um, fun fact, he, he actually averaged 81 minutes a game last year. So he did he did the Wilt Chamberlain of averaging more points than, uh, more, more minutes than possible. So I, I'm going to take the overs. I'm actually, I was actually keen on him. I think he's probably the second best option to pick at 5 8 I'm not saying he's the second best scorer, but in terms of value for money, I think he's probably second behind Dillbag. So I'm going to take the overs. Why would you pick him over Ezra Mam? He's just better, isn't he? For Supercoach. Not not NRL. Six six or eight points better? Five points, I'd say. That's my argument. Yeah. I just think with Ezra, Ezra is the better footy player, but Ezra also has to compete with Adam Reynolds, who loves to touch the ball, and Reese Walsh, who needs his his hands on it. Whereas uh, Dean's competing with Chad Townsend. Um, So... Yeah, it's, and drink it's, water. I think it's an eighty average. Chad Townsend, but like seriously, I, I just think I, I, there was this debate on social media the, the other day, actually, in one of the Facebook pages. Someone you know had the debate about De- Deirdre and Mam, and we can all agree Mam's the better footy player, like natural footy player. But I just think the product of the teams that Deirdre's probably going to get more touches and more points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Val Holmes seventy. That's um. I mean. He was good last year for for most part of the season. Goal kicking as well. Again, this is tied to how successful the Cowboys are. If they have another season like they did last year, Val Holmes nearly has to do everything for them to be able to score over seventy points. Um, thoughts? He was Matty. He was the most talked about player last preseason. Do you remember that? Everyone had Val Holmes. It was like seven hundred k. Everyone had, had him because the Cowboys was a lock. Their draw was just all green. He then proceeded yeah. to go 63, 47, 67, 69. And everyone was making it like that was the worst. Everyone was like, oh, he's so bad. Because he probably didn't average what we thought he would be. He was maintaining ground. But this year, like you said, everything's got to go well for him. He averaged 72 last year. I'll take the unders. Yeah, I think I will as well. Um, we, we got yeah. catfished by the Cowboys and their draw last year, didn't we, Matty? Yeah, I'll get um I'll go the unders for New York Jets running back Val Holmes because um look if look if I'd probably take him over over six on sleeper um in my NFL fantasy team but yeah what a reference under seventy in Supercoach what a reference yeah. <laughs> one of the great um yeah um but Talagi 
57. Um, he's only priced at a 52 or something, I think. Um, I've seen him in a couple teams, just probably one of the bigger names that floats around that 500K. I'm not sure he's a super coach talent. I was floating I was... with getting him last year. Very, very fucking close, man. I, I nearly got him. Exactly. What um, I yeah, exactly. What I, was gonna say. I was keen last year as well. And I, I got trapped. I didn't, but I was trapped as well. Yeah, and but my my concern, and I, I am the unders as well with you, Maddie. My my concern is that they love that short ball uh, to Val Holmes. You see how Dearden and Holmes connected last year. I feel like Talung is going to be the one. And my kid obviously either agrees or doesn't agree with me. I'm unsure. Um, <laughs> but uh, I feel I feel like they don't use him anywhere near enough to be relevant in Supercoach. So yep. Big fallers, we talk Scott Drinkwater, we can move on from that. We talk Val, we both think unders. Uh, value propositions here are Taumalolo, uh, pretty much the only one at this point. Taumalolo, are there any other love, Josh, um, for there's any a, of the Cowboys to improve? There's a big asterisk on Taumalolo, isn't there? Major. I was struggling, man. I I turned this into an unders and overs segment rather than giving somebody that I – because I actually don't think Val of four or five points. I think he'll just be a 70 average bloke. Um, and I think Lolo might go five points of improvement, but I don't really see him as 10 points of improvement. So, yeah, fair enough. And we've got O star, a question here that leads into maybe the last over under we'll do before we move on is Robson, a good option to run as your starting hooker. You're not looking at Harry Grant or any of the other options is Robson someone that you'd look at Josh. Yeah, I think so. I think I've made my case for him already. There is one other hooker, a very similar price. So I'm probably more keen on. Um, but you know, Robson is just, he is meat and potatoes, plays 80. I think he's going to have a bounce back. I will have him at, at around the 62. So if you're happy to forego Grant, um, with that round four buy, Robson's not going to score you 140 like Grant will, but he's also not going to put up a 35 pointer. I don't, yeah, fair enough. I think Robson's a poor man's Jeremy Marshall King. So yeah, no, as somebody that owned Robson all of last year, like, Rounds one to 28, just like disappointed. I'm so far off him. Um, I'll be drinking the Kool-Aid from a different water cooler. Could you could you say that he is he is just Reed Marnie without a headgear? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the best, that's the best comparison I've heard this preseason. Um, it must be like the first name R, like Reese and Reed, maybe one syllable, maybe something about those guys that... Uh, R, R stands for just stuff. really mid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reed, unfortunately. Um, and Reece, I'll tell you who is. And Reese Midson. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, guys, well, we're going to move on to the Eels, but before we do, I'll tell you who isn't mid Bonus Bank. They're uh, Australia's number one matched betting site. So you can go to bonusbank.com.au. You can use the code INSIGHT to get 25% off your first month of their premium subscription. Uh, so they help you obviously uh, use matched bets and, and match deposits and, and different promos and stuff across different bookies to be able to make some money and a bit of risk-free money there as well. So they've got plenty of tutorials on the website. You can go and use them at bonusbank.com.au. Use the code INSIGHT. Now, boys, the, the eels are pretty talked about because there are a lot of relevant super coach options here. Um, they've got the buys in 9, 16, and 20. So only one of the major buys there. So their their origin players probably get hit, but I mean it's not like there's a ton of them. So uh it could be a, a relatively nice little uh nice little draw for the Eels. Um we've got uh Sifa Talakai's son, Morgan Harper. He he's landed it at Parramatta. And uh we've also got Kalmatualangi uh 
with from the Sea Eagles as well. So it seems like there's a little bit of a sell off there with those two boys. Um, I said maybe you on know, an earlier you know, podcast. I, I really, I really think of like you know some of the great edges that Parramatta have had: uh, Nathan Hindmarsh, Isaiah Papali'i. Just you can you can put Camel to a luggy right in there already, Kyle. <laughs> Please, I nearly didn't even fucking mention him. Um, I mentioned him. He was that guy, and uh, you open up his resume, and he's had six different jobs in the last six years. And you think, yeah, no, nah, not gonna, not gonna hire this bloke. But anyway, the Eels did. So good luck to them. Uh, the outs, uh, they've got the coach's son, Jake Arthur. He's he's on the way over to Manly. Must have been a swap deal or something. Uh, we've got Wonga Blake. He's a he's ended up uh, out of the NRL. He's over at St Helens. Um, a little bit too late. Nathan Brown, he's been released for obvious reasons. Andrew Davey and Josh Hodgson have both retired. Jack Murchie has gone over to England. He's with Huddersfield. And we've got Mitch Rain. He's retired as well. So it's a few, uh, uh, a couple of unlucky retirements in terms of injury. But um, yeah, not, not really much to report with the outs there, guys. But injuries seem to be a little bit relevant. Nothing that's really going to affect the start of the season, but maybe things that will impact the the preseason for the Eels. We've got Dejan Arcee with a finger injury. He'll be back. Clint Gutherson, he's fine. Uh, there were some fake reports or <laughs> some fake reports about uh, him being injured um, from someone standing behind a fence at training, probably. So uh, we're lucky we dodged that one. Uh, Makahesi Makatoa with a peck. He'll be ready for preseason. And Junior Polo as well. He's um, you got a toe injury, um, but he's all good. You haven't given time frames on these. So can we just assume that they're tracking well? Yeah, yeah, we can assume that we're, that we're tracking well. Actually, I'm going to do a fucking, I'm going to do a like a transition video about just whenever a player is tracking well, we'll just throw that up on the screen so I don't have to say it. No suspensions for the Eels, which is great. So we can move into the cheapies. And I, for the life of me, could not find one cheapie under 350K in this team that I liked. Matty, uh, can you help me out? Is there someone there that I'm missing? Oh, not really. I haven't really looked. Like maybe if one of their hookers get... More than a 40-minute job share, there could be somebody there. Maybe if uh, Wirimu Greg becomes a fantastic front row forward, um, he could be there. Um, Makahisi Makatoa's got a fantastic name. Maybe him. I was going to say, um, I, I literally feel like we've been chatting about Makahisi Makatoa for about three years. Like, when's that going to happen? Yeah. yeah. Not it's, this it's year. Not, because I'm throwing it out not. there now. Um. It's just going to be hard to break into this starting 13, I guess, as a as a big man. So, um, yeah, I think that the Brendan Hands was the one that initially kind of excited me a little bit because he has the potential to protect – he could play 60 minutes, and, and maybe that ends up being enough. Um, but, again, you're looking at – you're comparing him to Jaden Braley, who you can probably rely on a little bit more maybe. Um, but, again, Hands, if you want to save a little bit of cash. Hooker is mid anyway. It's a plotter position. So maybe he could be a bench hooker that frees up some cash. Um, the, my two big fallers, one's obvious, but one's a little bit contentious, I guess. And I, I, I'd love your opinion on this. Jermaine Hopgood, 750K, priced at a 73. Uh, I just accept like mid to high 60s from him. But now with a healthy Eels pack, no, obviously Sean Lane's back. Ryan Madison coming off the bench impacts Hopgood. Um you know, if Regan Campbell-Gillard and Junior Bolo stay fit and healthy, uh, surely Jermaine Hopgood takes a tiny step back. Josh, please don't, please don't forget about the resurgence of the Cardi Party as well. Who, I thought yeah, that who was needs given. to get Sorry, yeah, six hundred thirty-six k Bryce Cartwright. <laughs> no, but that's the oh, thing though. So they've got Matto, who Matto, who's unreal on an edge. Matto, who's unreal in the middle. Junior Bolo, Regan Campbell-Gillard, probably top three front row forward combinations in the game. Um, then then what? Like, yes, he's a stud. He's going to be playing 13. But last year, 
last year he was just he was kissed on the dick because whenever something was happening for him to cut minutes, Ryan Madison would get the flu. Sean Lane would be out. Cardi would just be Cardi and be dropped for a couple of games. So like there was always a reason as to why he just was kept kicking. And when I'm making projections, I can't assume for these things to happen. I assume that teams are full strength all year round. And yeah, I still think he's going to be elite, but elite's like 67, 68. And that's a, a little bit of a drop off for, for, for me with Jermaine. Um, he was unreal to start the season though. Like what a buy. Like he was just stud. Cheapy of the year nearly for sure. Um, oh, hundred percent. And Maybe put some more. respect, put some respect on Joe O's name as well. He, oh, he'll yes. find some bench minutes, big Joe O. Um, so yeah, there's way too many middle forwards floating around there to lure me into him. I think. Josh, are we going to have the? Um, are we going to have the? The are we going to have a debate on who to pick? Which eels edge to pick uh, between Matt Dory and uh, Bryce Carrion <laughs> again? Yes. Did that you boys also have the debate? Did you also land on the Matt Dory side of things? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I so I was sitting. I was sitting at the Royal Hotel Gatton, right. Anyway, I'm sitting there. I'm having a schooner. It was the first game before the season. Anyway, and I'm sitting there with my brother, and my brother's like, you've got to go Matt Dory. Bryce Cartwright isn't going to be good this year. I was like, you know what? You're probably right. I changed it on the spot before I had my first bolter of the day at 11.37. And I tell you what, I was I was disappointed, and I continue. It continues to haunt me to this day. Mm. It hurts. It hurts. Um, the good thing is we're not going to talk about Bryce Cartwright and that pain today, which is great. Um, but a man we are going to talk about is a guy that made it into my team for a little bit of a run there and actually was really good last year in patches what, is Clint What Gutherson. a stud for about four weeks. Yep. He was what a man. awesome. He was awesome. I think he averaged more than 100 for a four or five week stint there. Um, and that was through the origin period as well. And luckily for me, Freddie went and picked him in game three of origin. That was fantastic. I really like to thank Brad Fittler for that. That was, that was good. 807 K priced at a 79 boys. Um, you, you came up with a really good stat, Josh. So I'll leave this one to you, but there, there's some kind of compelling evidence as to why you'd probably fade Gutho to start. Yeah. I was going to say, we probably should mention who we're talking about. We, we actually never name dropped him, but Clint Gutherson. Yes. Uh, what a man. Like when, when Dylan Brown got a bit too handsy, uh, he was he was the hero that we needed that, that came from the shadows and and sort of held us held our hand during that mid season shadow period. realm. Yeah, he, he came from the shadow realm, and we thought he was going to be that origin savior. And then Freddie just did Freddie things and fucked it for everyone. But Gutho, eight hundred and seven k priced at a seventy nine, which was just quietly half a point less than Reese Walsh, who everyone says was, you know, amazing. Just wanted to put that out there. But I guess the caveat with that is Dylan Brown's back. He's uh, he's not banished. He's not uh, facing the the courts. So we said he's, he's averaged a 79, priced at a 79, averaged with Dylan Brown, 70.4, averaged without Dylan Brown, 103.3. As a look, boys, I didn't uh, I didn't pass math too well in high school, but um, 103 is a lot bigger than 70. It's um I, I pass math. That's 33. Divide the um, divide the two. Yeah, carry, carry, yeah, yeah. The, carry the number, <laughs> square root, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but yeah, I think, no, I think no, we can we can assume that's a big number compared to with Dylan Brown. Yeah, yeah. it's and I, I must admit when I when Team Picker first opened, I looked at him and I'm like, ooh, Eels draw. They've got the Bulldogs round one. Got a, I mean, a hard game against Penrith round two, but then they've got a really nice run. They've got Manly Tigers, Raiders, Cowboys, Dolphins, like. There's one tough game in the first seven for them. So uh, there's, I was definitely looking at him. But then you look at 
the price of Pappenhausen. You're going to pick, even with Pappy having a tough draw, I'd probably still pick him over, over Gutho. Um, but then now we've both got Turbo and Ponga in our teams, and, and that's probably the way that it's going to stay for me. So I don't want to and be tempted by any other fullbacks. If, if I'm going to give my analysis, it's with Dillbags out of the team. He doesn't go out as much. Um, so the first the first game's in Canterbury. So, you know, good night clubs there. Um, Panthers, you know, there's there's a couple there. Manly, we love going out in Manly. That's fantastic. Uh, West yeah, Tigers, how, how um, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Um, now that we're out west and in Canberra, look, that's boring. So you can expect him to have really good games there. Look, I just, I just wanted to take that into account. No, no. Oh. You know, when when they play the Tigers, I can guarantee you that he will be going to West Leagues Club, and they've got the best schnitzel there at West Leagues. So um, oh. yeah, he's gonna. Um, I was about to say that it's ironic that he got caught up at the Mean Fiddler as well. What a place to get caught out. Uh, anyway, uh, we can move on. Uh, so Gutho is a fade. Hopgood probably a fade as well. Let's talk best value, and it's a no, absolute no-brainer. I would say that this guy's probably one of the only guys in the 2RF that I would consider an absolute must-own. 446K priced at a 44 is Sean Lane. Now, he averaged 68 the year before in exactly the same role outside Dillbags. Dillbags is back. He's healthy. He's not doing things Playing. he shouldn't be. And um, Sean Lane, fiddler. Yeah, yeah, he was not at the fiddler. I can pretty. It's fair to say he probably won't go back. Um, Sean Lane, he's back on the field. He's healthy. He's good to go. Like surely we see a bit of a resurgence of what we saw. Maybe not to the heights of the sixty-eight that we saw the year before, but surely we see a sixty-plus, which is what fifteen points in value in Sean Lane. Yeah, I mean, no, no brain. Like, what, what, what downside is there? If if everything goes belly up, what's the worst? He, he's just. He just is what he's priced at. Sweet. We yep. could just move on. Um, yeah, I mean, it's unreal. He's back full preseason, obviously tracking well um, at a great price. Yeah, I don't expect don't expect the 68, uh, but even if we get like 61, 60, it's like sweet. Awesome. He's a he's a good cash cow. And but if he, worse comes to worse, and you have... You're all right. No, I was just saying like worse comes to worse. I mean... You know, you have an injury every second week and you can never trade him out at his max price. I can definitely see Sean Lane being your sixth to RF come around 27 because he's just there. He's, he's never let you down. Yeah. I think he's just one of those blokes like Hudson Young and Jeremiah Nanai where he will have those games where he gets 38. He will have those games where he gets 45. But he will have those games where he gets 80. He will have those games where he gets 90. And I love Sean Lane for that. He's... um. He's like Hudson Young. As soon as he said he Hudson Young the first time, I saw Josh's head just fucking drop. He isn't the most consistent player because even in his good year at 2022, he yeah. averaged, what, 68. His percentage is over 60. was only 55. So it wasn't like he was just banging out 60s consistently. He will go up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the, the good definitely outweighs the bad. And uh, I think it's definitely going to be worth it when you stack him up with a man on his inside as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that is a, a bit of a conversation point because I, I don't know whether there's enough value. He's very, very heavily priced, I think, at about, what, 870K. Uh, is the mean fiddler himself, Dylan Brown? Is he, is he a must-have? Is he somebody that needs to be in your team to start? Because, I mean, we've all got him. We've all got him in our team. I Do we have to have him? Thing, I think the thing with the fiddler is that um, he is the best of a bad bunch in terms of, like, 5-8 is just fucking shit. Like, it's just, it's just shit. Unless you're going to go with, like, Jaden Campbell as your main 5'8", which, you know, we made a point last week on him. Like, unless he's your main 5'8", like, I'm not looking at Cody. I'm not looking at 
at Munster. I maybe look at Dearden, but that's that's really it. Until I can see more from from Munster and the draw clears up and Cody, you know, we want him to be firing with Latrell. That's the main thing, and Latrell's not noted to be the greatest starter. Um, like, yeah, is yeah. The term must have means like there's just no downside, which there is downside with Dylan Brown. He's probably priced at value, so it can, can only go worse. Um, but, you know, if all the fiddling's done, then there's nothing else really to, to buy for him, in my opinion. Like, there's just no one else. Yeah. I mean, look, he's solid as. He's going to have the best base out of 5'8". So, I mean, he scored two scores under 50 all season last year, um, except for all of the zeros that he got in the middle of the season. Uh, he 87, 88, 81 in the final three rounds to finish the gear against the Broncos, the Roosters, the Panthers. So, I mean, against good opposition, he's still putting up scores. He had four hundreds and five eighty plus scores in 17 games last year. So for, for me, he's just a lock and load. You just pay up in, in, like Josh said, a really shit position this year. Um, and also I think maybe the factor that kicks into this is that a lot of players have lost their five, eight jewel this year, Maddie. Like, you can't just plug and play Ponga. We can't use Manu. You know, there's so many guys that you could have put into 5'8 um, that you can't do this year. Look, when Supercoach legend uh, Adam Dwayhe went out last year, I added Dylan Brown, and um, there was nobody hurt more than the propaganda that was thrown out from Dylan Brown at the mean fiddler. But um, I think once he's... <laughs> Every game he plays, he hasn't disappointed me. So I think round one, I'm getting... <laughs> Josh has just lost his shit. Round one, Dylan Brown's going to be added in my team. Look, he's not going to get picked for Origin. I'll tell you that for free. I'm going to own him possibly all season, set and forget. And as look, I'm going to preface this by saying, as much as we joke around, by no way do we ever condone what he did, and he deserved it all the time that he had no. off. But oh, it's just um, it's just you, the name of the place. Like that's that's the kicker. <laughs> it's a killer, isn't it? Yeah, he's he set himself up to fail by by doing things like that. There, um, boys, we've got a, a couple of questions on the eels before we wrap things up. We've got uh, a couple of questions from our boy O Star or the Bartlett Fan Club. He's known at in the in the BBL circles. Uh, is Dylan Brown worth it? And uh, with Lane coming back and the Eels draw, or do you save the cash and go to someone like Dearden? I feel like we've probably covered this one already. We're, we're picking Dylan Brown. He's not worth it. Like I'm not. I'm not paying 900k for a bloke to be worth it. I'm paying him just to be there. Like that's that's it. But everything else is just like we've said it already. Dearden's probably the next best, and then Campbell. Yeah, yeah. And look, Can to I be honest, I'd just take a punt on Campbell before Dearden. If I'm completely honest, I'd just go for the upside. Can, can I quote Matty Garrett? Sometimes it's about stacks. And um, <laughs> I think, like, if Dylan Brown's going well, then Sean Lane's going to go well. Like, where's his crisis? It could all happen there and on that left edge. So Matty Garrett talks a lot about stacks when it comes to NBA. It could be the Dylan Brown Lane stack, and it could be fantastic. It could be beautiful. So what you're saying basically is we should all be buying Mike Acevo. Hey, I've seen some 100%. chat. Lock it in. I've seen some. I've seen some chat. Don't don't um, don't even joke about. It. I've seen some start, uh, some 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 chat about that. But in saying that though, like Maddie makes a good point. Um, a try with a line breaks worth twenty seven. A try with a line break from your from your man on the insides, it's like forty five points. So um, it's definitely definitely worth considering. I like it. I like it. Um, his second one, thoughts on Gutho as a bench fullback? I think that's a no uh, based on what we've thrown out already with him around uh, with Dylan Brown back. Yeah. 
Um, and the last one from Brent. Um, I, I'm getting a, a kind of vibe that maybe he's not a big fan of the head coach here. Um, how, how long until Brad Arthur gets the flick, boys? Uh, do, I mean, if the Eels start, let's just say hypothetically, the Eels start poorly uh, in, a, in a pretty soft draw to start the season. Is he on the chopping block or is he just going to be? I don't know. I reckon, the, I reckon the Eels could go 0-24 and, and Brad Arthur would just get a contract extension. Like I just, that's yeah. just how I feel. Yeah, I agree. Is Maddie? Is Brent a Canberra fan? Because I think Ricky Stewart could get a run before um, Brad Arthur gets the uh, flick. So. Uh, yeah, I thought you were going to bring up Canberra nightclubs again for there for a second. You're going to ask Brent where the I'll, best nightclub I'll, is in Canberra? I'll try not to, but um, look, when, when Gutho's involved, I've heard Dillbags is just ordering Uber Eats when he's in Canberra. So, um, yeah, look, Gutho, Gutho's asking. Uh, and so we've lost two fan bases in this episode. We've lost all the Warriors fans, and we've also lost all the Canberra fans. So um, <laughs> we're doing You're well, but we had some fun. welcome. Yeah, thanks to thanks to Matrix for the for the loss of half of our fan base, uh, guys. That will bring us to the end of of this episode. We've got one more episode to come. We're, we're going to try and smash five teams out in the next one. Uh, five to go. Our beloved West Tigers are in this one, Josh. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I might even jersey up for that episode. So, should be nice and fun, um, guys. I have a um, before... I have a size. Yeah, uh, I, I have a I have a juniors singlet that is about seven sizes too small for me. So I could potentially wrap wrap a midriff. If, if I like it, we might put 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 that behind a paywall, maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, no one's saying that for free. Um, but no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Five teams to go, and then we'll start diving into positions. And I think that's where where things start to get a bit more serious, and we start to do a bit more of a deep dive on specific players and and stuff. And I'm sure by then the actual Supercoach app would have opened. We're going to be able to see ownership percentage and and a lot of other things that we can reference in those episodes. Yeah, I don't know about you boys, but I'm getting a million questions about the Supercoach app. Normally around Australia Day, uh, 25th, 26th, 27th, there or thereabouts for you guys that don't have gold, um, jump in, start making your teams. That's when ownerships become. Um, available too and we might do a bit of a live re- or a bit of a reaction when the app opens to, to some ownerships because we had this chat last week about Pappy and some players being over overpriced under uh, undervalued so we'll um, yeah. I think the ownerships are going to be definitely key and a few guys I'm keen to see what the public's opinion is yeah absolutely we'll be able to see if we're right on Pappy or not um Guys, that'll do. We're uh, we're at the end. Please hit subscribe and like if you obviously made it to the end of the episode. We appreciate you watching and or listening. And if you are listening, hit follow, leave us a review. Uh, that'll do. Thanks for watching. We will see you in the next week or so for the last of the team preview episodes. Until then, you've been listening to the Insight NRL Show. Catch you later. Cheerio.